Welcome to Behind the Founder, episode 14. Oh my goodness gracious, mama, we made it! If we are talking kicks, we're talking Air Max 90s with a little bit of Volt or Infrared or Camo. We're talking Bo Jackson, Air Trainer SC, Zoom Revis, Jordan Eclipse, Roche Run, Air Easy Ones, or 400 other pairs. I love my sneakers. And if we're really being honest with ourselves, and we're talking about behind the founder, we are definitely talking about fire on my mother fucking feet, bitch. <laughs> yes! This is my podcast, and we're going to talk about the single biggest hobby in my life, size 11, fucking sneakers, baby. Let's go. We have my boys Andy and Frankie from Oak Shop, which happens to be a couple shops down from my shop, Building Stack, if you know what I mean, bro. I don't think you understand the one my company is making bank, all of it is being spent on sneakers. I love sneakers, man. If my kids are not size 11, we're starting a fun because this collection matters, man. My God, holy. I don't even want to spend another second. Let's get into the interview. Let's get the boys on the phone because we are going to be talking about 110% sneakers, kicks, fire, whatever you want to call it. Here we go. Andy, Frankie, welcome to Behind the Founder podcast. First of all, what are you sipping on right now? It's very important that everyone's feeling good, both while recording and while listening to the podcast. What are you drinking? We're both drinking Ronas. Ronas for the boys. Rona season. That's it. I love it, man. God bless you guys. Cheers. Cheers to you, bro. Boys, so happy to have you both on the podcast. I want you both to know how elated I was to hear that you were opening up Oak Shop at oakshop.ca. One of a kind. <laughs> what a name. Literally two blocks from my office. You guys definitely are aware now that I have a sneaker obsession. You can only imagine what a blessing it felt like to, to, to find out that you were, you were opening up your doors near my doors. I love you guys. I love what you're doing for the community, keeping Westmount extra crunchy. Welcome to our first ever episode with two guests. I hope you're as pumped as I am. Is this your first time on a podcast? Yeah, it is. Thanks a lot for having us. By far for the first time. There you go. Really excited to be on this. Thanks for inviting us. And uh, we're happy that uh, you're the one doing the podcast. We're seeing a lot of you in our store, checking out all of our sneakers. And how did you start up Oak Shop? I was personally still in school, slowly started reselling, kept bumping heads with Frankie. And then uh, after I graduated school, I realized I wasn't really feeling it anymore. So I decided to go fully into sneakers. And me and Frankie went from kind of bumping heads and like competing to coming together and creating something good. 
And what about in your words, Frankie? How did you guys meet? Where did you beauties uh, <laughs> bump heads for the first time? Basically, it all started with one deal. And that deal was for some easy 700s. And it was our first deal we decided to go in on together. And believe it or not, we actually ended up losing uh, some money on that deal. But it made us connect and made us start doing business together. We decided to eventually meet up in person in Toronto at a sneaker con. And we just kicked it from there. Just shot ideas back and forth and made Oakshop what it is today. Nice. Andy, you're, you're a Berta boy, bud, right? How'd you, how'd you find your way to Montreal? Uh, I kind of been all over Canada. Um, after I graduated high school, went to school in Halifax. And then after that, when I was looking to do sneakers, you had to go to a major city. And Toronto is pretty saturated. The U.S. was a bit too much of a leap. And uh, Montreal had a really solid sneaker community that hadn't really been touched yet. So we kind of saw a really good opportunity coming out of Montreal. And it's really close to the New York, uh, the States, and Toronto as well. And Frankie, you are born and raised in Montreal? Yeah, so I was born and raised in Montreal on the East End. Yeah, man, that's where I've been basically reselling. Uh, started to grow my reputation slowly, locally, have clients here and there. And uh, when I met Andy, we decided to take it to the next level. And we felt Montreal was by far the best place to grow our brand and, uh, and start it off. And why did you choose the name Oak? Honestly, we were just uh, plotting back and forth one day at the office, just like shooting names here and there. And we came, uh, we both couldn't come to an agreement on our name. And then after one of us said one of a kind. So we tried to make it more catchy, essentially. And we decided to just use the abbreviations of Oak and uh, just brand around that name. Can I buy and sell sneakers at Oak Shop? So at Oak Shop, essentially, we're a buy, sell, trade company. We offer our clients the opportunity to bring in their old sneakers or brand new sneakers and trade it in for the most recent ones. We also offer people uh, buybacks, cash buybacks for certain items. We can either give them cash or store credit. It just really depends um, on the shoes and the conditions. But essentially, we, we focus on buying, selling and trading. Why sneakers? Honestly, the sneaker market has just been blowing up over the past like four or five years really like complex market too because there's so many different ways you can approach it and right now it seems like the hype is nowhere close to dying it's just been growing non-stop so for us it was uh one we were both really into sneakers so it made it really easy to um, grow business from there and then the second thing is the market has been so good that we saw it as a really good opportunity to, to grow a brand from and yeah essentially it was market seems like it's going like everywhere right now and we can go to the US, we can go to Europe just purely based on sneakers. So for myself, it really just started as a consumer. In high school, I'd like, I'd see some friends with new shoes that they'd say they'd lined up for and it's super exclusive shoes that no one else could get. So really that exclusivity factor just, just brought me into the game and at the end of the day, sneakers is a huge passion of mine. So might as well create a business around something you truly love. So at the end of the day, it doesn't really feel like it's work and you're just growing something that you're passionate about. I'd love to hear that. I mean, fellow sneakerhead, it's uh, it's so beautiful hearing those uh, <laughs> those words. And why did you choose Westmount as a location for your shop? Honestly, for me, coming from Alberta, I didn't really know Montreal all that well. I just trusted Frankie's opinion and then uh, some of our friends and family that we had here. But 
our response from moving to Westmount has been amazing. So we're really happy that we decided to go with Westmount. The main the main reason why is is Westmount, uh, the municipality of Westmount is just way more affluent city rather than let's say East End or whatnot. So a lot of people in Westmount had the ability to purchase our high uh, our high value items. So we felt like it was the perfect place to set up shop and just show everyone what we got. Did you guys ever sell the bike? No, we still have it right now. We had a few offers on it, but nothing too serious. What's the best deal you'll make me for the bike right now? Are you allowed to say it publicly or just in my DMs? Right now for you, 15 grand cash ready if you're down. <laughs> oh my God. Should I get it? Should I scoop up the bike? It would look nice in your uh, office there how many uh, how many bikes are there in the world so there's only 150 bikes uh, that were produced and we have the 35th out of 150 and what's the official collab for the bike so it was a dior x bogard uh, collaboration bogard is a french company that specializes in high-end bmx's essentially wow would you believe me if i told you that i don't even really know how to ride a bike it's a perfect bike to learn on. <laughs> Wait, no, Let's scuff it up. Day one. The wheels are white too, so you got to be really careful you don't run anywhere. <laughs> it's the worst bike for me to get in the world. All white bike. Honestly, it's anyone listening right now, it's true. I actually have not owned a bike in my entire 33 years of life. And I'm probably going to learn with my four-year-old at the same time no joke, might break my arm and have to take care of him and the baby. <laughs> That's going to be something I'm looking forward to seeing. I wish I was lying, man. I wish. Um, something that I'm very curious about, how do you balance your efforts for retail and online sales? So essentially, um, since we're two people, it's easier to manage uh, the the business. Basically, Andy focused mostly on, let's say, in-store Whereas I focus more on online. At the end of the day, we have tasks uh, for both, which we help each other with. But we like to separate it uh, based on our individual skills. Yeah, we're pretty much, we're honestly very different people. So we both have better tasks that we're good at. So we've assigned each of us certain roles to do. And then if there is something that we need help from one another, like we just kind of bounce back between each other on that. But yeah, for the most part, it's just split up nicely and we just help each other out with what needs to be done. Why is social media so important in the sneaker industry today? I'd say mainly because it gives the opportunity to show uh, exclusive items. And if, let's say, an influencer or someone who has, or an athlete, let's say, wears a certain sneaker or whatnot, it actually drives the community and increases the awareness for certain sneakers. Uh, like, let's Let's say, for example, Kylie Jenner, she wore special Nike SB with the dunks and she posted it on her story and on her feed. And then a week later, the shoe was worth $3,000 more. So it just it's just social media has a huge impact on the market because the, it's what really um, creates the trends and whatnot. Do you think it was a bunch of girls that were buying their boyfriends the dunks because Kylie Jenner made it look cool? You know what I mean? Like, you know, the people who were buying it didn't know better than to pay less, you know? Like, who knows? I think I think the people that usually consume sneakers and rely on Instagram to get information and whatnot um, couldn't care less about market value, about price. They just want the shoe because someone significant has it's crazy. That's definitely what we see as a dr main driving factor in our industry. Because like the whole 
sneaker industry is based a lot on hype. You know, you see it with Yeezys, you see it with Jordan 1s. Influencers are constantly wearing them. And whatever Jordan 1s main influencer is wearing, you usually see a lot of girls and, uh, and guys coming in trying to buy those. So even for predicting, like, you know, what sneaker we should be buying for our customers or what sneakers might be going up in value over time, uh, we can look at social media and see what these influential people are wearing. That's crazy. Another thing, too, is just, let's say, for example, if you take the Kanye West drama that's going on right now, it's essentially uh, creating more awareness towards his brand, towards Yeezys in general. So slowly and slowly, it's going to become... Yeezys are going to become more mainstream. So you'll start seeing your mom, your dad wearing it, your grandmother wearing it. Whereas before it was just a select a select few sneaker collectors that would just buy these shoes. You know what? You just said Yeezy. I just feel like jumping into it super quick. When I was in CJEP, I, I had the Yeezy ones, the Nike ones, like OG, the, the really good stuff. And, and I sold them prematurely used. And I made money and I was so excited and I thought I was so smart. And now now I regret it. And I actually miss those a lot. Ended up rebuying one, but I think I need the other two colors from you guys. So size 11. And uh, I think that's the next uh, the next hunt for me. Just fill out our grill finder form on our website and we got you. <laughs> yeah, is that a new thing? Yeah, so we, we, uh, we uploaded a feature on our website essentially where if you're looking for a specific sneaker, which we don't have in our in our store or in our website, you can uh, fill out a, a form with the size, your budget, the, the shoe that you want, and our team's gonna get on it and uh, look for the pair, and we'll go back and forth to uh, get you the pair you really want. So let me let me jump on that comment for a second. Can you walk me through me filling out the form, saying that I want the black and pink Nike Easy Ones on the form on the website? And then getting them in my hands, like what, what's the process? What is it? What are all the different steps? So essentially it starts with you going on our website, browsing the website. And uh, if you find, if you don't find what you like, there's a, a feature tab where it's called Grail Finder and you can go on there and it's going to, you fill out a form submitting your name, email, phone number for contact purposes. And then the shoe that you want, you can input the SKU number or you can send the picture. Uh, you can also input the size that you'd like and your budget for the item. And essentially, we'll get an email once the form is submitted. Our team is going to go look for that specific item and get back to you with a quote. And if you're okay with the quote that we've submitted, then we'll, be, we'll take the payment and we'll ship the shoes either directly to you or we offer local pickup in store for free in Montreal. And where are you finding the shoes? Do you have like a whole Rolodex? Is it the same place? Is it multiple places? Like, uh, you know, like that. it's going to create a lot of work for you to, to go on this, this wild chase, right? Well, it does create a lot of work, but that's how we get those grails to our customers. Um, for us, we have a lot of different avenues where we can get the sneakers. A lot of, you know, suppliers that we work closely with also have a lot of really solid collectors that have crazy sneakers that they don't mind. Um, giving up for the right price. So just through the connections that we've developed over the past years, we have a lot of variety right out of our fingertips. So that's why whenever someone fills out the Grail Finder, we'll get the email instantly. And then honestly, within like a couple of days, we have a quote, we, we we're ready to process the order. And then within a week, maybe two weeks now because of COVID, 
um, we have the shoe in store or, or directly at your house. What percentage would you say that, that you guys are batting for finding shoes that people want? Honestly, almost everything. It really just comes down to budget because sometimes people have unrealistic budgets for their grails. Like, for example, if you want like an off-white sneaker, it costs like $1,500, $1,600, but someone wants it for 1000 There's almost no way of us finding that shoe for that price. I see what you mean. And we also do these in store as well. Like a lot of people come by, they want, let's say, an easy zebra size uh, 11, but we only have 10, 10 and a half. Uh, we process the order in store and then same thing, one, two weeks, they have their shoe and just keep it moving. Wow, I like that. So you can just pay up front, you will find it at that price no matter what, you figure it out. Yeah, we guarantee it for sure. And it's just because in a store, like our small store there in Westmount, you know, we can't have every single shoe, every skew, every size, right? But we still want to make sure that our clients are happy and they're getting their shoes. So we make sure to get those. Big question coming up. What makes Oak Shop the best sneaker and hype shop in Montreal? The ability to curate high-end sneakers and super exclusive sneakers within a week, two weeks, and make every customer happy with the shoes that they buy. Frankie jumped on that one, eh? Yeah, I yeah. was ready for that one. <laughs> yeah, that one scripted. <laughs> you wrote it on the whiteboard. That's yeah. it. That's the one I've been practicing for all day. <laughs> I love it. Do you see yourselves opening up in other locations or expanding into other cities? We're definitely looking at expanding in the near future. Right now, we do want to focus on our store in Westmount, make sure that we are building a strong community there and in Montreal. But from there, we're you know looking maybe even at the, at the states in the future, other cities. We honestly don't see any limits with our brand right now. Uh, by the way, I got rattled because I spilled the sake. But but you want to freak out for a second? Why, why? Um, so when when I was in Japan, I bought this bamboo sake cup, and then it comes in like a bamboo sake cup square holder. So if you over pour, it goes into the the second cup, which is bigger, and then you drink out of that at the end if you're a pig, you know. <laughs> so that just happened to me. What is the hardest shoe that you scooped up for a client? How did you end up getting it to them? So just recently, um, the Nike Air Jordan Dior collaboration just released, the Jordan 1. And we had a client who was really eager to secure the pair, even months before the pair even released. And there was just uh, news about it. He messaged us saying he really wanted to secure them. So once they released, we managed to secure his size, find the exact size that he wanted with all the extra bonuses in the, um, in the shoe. And we ended up uh, making the deal happen. What were the bonuses in the shoe? Did it come with extra gear? So the Dior came with two dust bags. It came with two extra pins, um, a Jumpman logo, and then a Dior logo. And it came with an extra set of laces. And like not all the pairs come with that? No, so all the pairs do come with that. It's just we wanted to make sure that because sometimes it gets lost and whatnot. So we wanted to make sure uh, it was fully included. What type of shoe holds the most value, both dead stock and even worn? I'd say right now, just in, in terms of like a broad aspect, I'd say the Jordan 1 silhouette is a very uh, safe shoe to invest in as every model somehow goes up over time uh, just because of the, of the coverage and the Instagram and whatnot promotions of that model. Like so many influencers are wearing it and whatnot. But another shoe that's slowly going to keep its value and go up is Kanye West Yeezys. 
And which shoes, if I literally wore them for two years and I used the little Jason Marks wipes, clean them up, which shoes are the best shoes that hold value worn? I would still say Jordan 1s. You can see a lot of people do this where they buy Jordan 1 for 300 bucks, 400 bucks. Um, over a year or two, they wear it, goes up in value. That shoe is now worth, let's say, 700, 800 brand new. And your relatively used pair can still sell for four or 500 bucks. So even though you're wearing the shoe, you know, as long as you're keeping it in good condition, you can get your money back, maybe even make a little bit of profit. Or if you really beat it up, you're still getting something back and not fully losing the value there. You know, it's crazy. And I'm really not happy that you just said Jordan 1s. I don't think I have more than two, max three pairs of Jordan 1s in my entire collection. Really not the biggest Jordan guy, but everything else is Nike and pretty much only Nike. Now you're forcing me to take out one of the suit closets, build another sneaker closet, and start investing in some J1s. Well, the shoes that you're collecting right now are very niche and specific, right? Like you were telling me, you have a bunch of Nike Air trainers, old SBs, and whatnot. Even old SBs is becoming a trend of this year, right? So a lot of those SBs that you had five years ago, six years ago, all of a sudden, they jump in price almost 20 to 100%. And I take care of my stuff, eh? Like, uh, I have no problem selling some pairs if you guys can scoop some big bucks. Yeah, very simple, man. Just send us a list and we'll get that out for you for no problem. The anti-grill, the uh, I want to sell my uh, <laughs> all my hype gear. And you guys actually do that. So we don't we don't offer uh, open consignment to people. We only work with select friends and family. And we offer them, because we have a point of sale, we offer them the opportunity to sell some items for them. No, you yeah. asked me if you if I wanted to open up a China Select. <laughs> I said no. It's a $1,000 box. Andy, we've been chatting a lot recently about sports cards. Haven't got into it too, too deep with Frankie yet. But I, I have to ask, you know, what kind of hype are you seeing with Wax right now? Especially NBA. It's insane, eh? Yeah, well, honestly, we're seeing a lot of the same stuff that happened with sneakers. is kind of happening with cards. A lot of the OG collectors of cards are getting excited and it's creating this hype around and now everyone's getting into it we're seeing a lot of like different groups come up people uh, doing like live rips pulling these cars that are worth like thousands of dollars even had a friend that pulled out like a thirty thousand forty thousand dollar zion card from a thousand dollar box so a lot of hype is happening in cards right now it's pretty crazy and frankie's on the hype train so i'm slowly getting into it um like i said i'm more of a sneakerhead. But I see the the, um, the value in sports card collecting uh, and then the business as a whole um, is definitely something I'm getting into. I am a big sports fan. So at the same time, it shouldn't be a problem to, to learn um, the markets and whatnot. Did you guys hear or watch the, there was a podcast with Adam Lefko and Gary V talking about cards for like an hour and a half. Did, did you hear it? I personally haven't heard the podcast, but I do know Gary Vee is a big advocate for sports card selling, constantly like building up hype there. It's crazy. Honestly, uh, just listening to it, there's so many nuggets of gold, so many little lessons, ideas. He, he, he knows what's going on. You guys know what's going on. I know what's going on. I'm all in on it. I mean, we had, we had the earlier episode, I think our first ever interview with, with Mike. 
uh, vinegar from pull wax and I'm all in on sports cards. I, I thought it was cool 20 years ago when I was a kid for hockey, but no one really gives a shit about hockey cards. So it doesn't matter. It was a waste of time. I wish I invested in any other sport, but fucking hockey. <laughs> gonna have to beep that out, Captain Kaplan, sorry. But regardless, in September, I started going nuts. I, I saw for the first time in years how, how it, you know, revitalized me and, and kind of gave me so many memories of, of my youth, but also it made business sense. It's like you're, you're, you're buying, you're investing. People will buy it very often if you don't screw up. 10 times US dollars two weeks later. It's crazy sports cards. It's actually crazy. Doesn't make any sense. Yeah, well, first of all, we're definitely going to have to see your collection soon. Heard a lot about it. And then the other thing with sports cards, again, really similar with sneakers. It's really culture driven. You know, a lot of OG collectors, you know, loving the cards, loving the sneakers, you know, this hype's creating around it and then massive business is coming out of it a lot of like resellers on sneakers resellers on cards the community really grows and then a lot of money comes into play and creates these massive markets where a lot of people are making money from it for myself the reason why i find sports cards is so interesting is just it gives everyone kind of a nostalgic nostalgic feeling of back in the day when they were kids when let's say sports was popping and when card collecting was a thing Whereas now people are seeing it's coming back. So for them, it, it gives them a kind of an excuse to get back into the sports card industry. By the way, super random. Didn't think about it for a while until right now. I found a binder. I'm a little bit older than you guys. And I found a binder with honestly 75 Michael Jordan cards, like a full set from probably early 90s, early to mid 90s, like pretty good condition. It's not like a rookie, it's not an insert, it's nothing crazy, but it's like a full set that's 30 years old. It's pretty sick. Uh, I'm going to send the entire thing to PSA, bunch of 10s, and I'm laughing. Well, that's the beauty of it, honestly, because you get to, it takes you back to the days when Michael Jordan was popping when you were a kid, and, uh, and the fact that you kept all those cards, it's a good feeling, you know? I mean, it's those and a bunch of sh- Paul Coffey or Shane Corson garbage. I don't even know what these cards are. Like no one cares about hockey. Complete waste of money. Any other city that I'm born in, I'm buying basketball and I'm buying it in the early 90s. Yeah, I think you got to stick to the Michael Jordan cards there. All right. All right. So we have to end off with some fun stuff, some rapid fire questions. A lot of them about sneakers. A lot of them about shenanigans. Exciting? Good idea? We're on it. Crocs or Havaianas? I'm not sure what Havaianas are, but I really like the Crocs. You can customize them, different colors. It's like little uh, little Argentinian Brazilian flip-flops. You know, like they, they have a million colors and it says like uh, Havaianas on, on the, the, little, the little thong around your feet? Oh, they're flip-flops? Yeah, yeah, they're like junky flip flops that uh, people throw at their kids when they're when they're you know talking shit <laughs> <laughs> when they're pissed. <laughs> Frankie got hit with a couple flip flops, eh? Wow, every sick every second week when I was a kid. Actually, 
<laughs> yeah, man, I was in the office. Every time I go to the office, my dad would hit me with flip-flops. <laughs> That's the highlight of my day. Yeah, I would get hit by flip-flops, and my dad would throw it at my head every second week. <laughs> oh, my God. But nah, the belt is better, though. <laughs> <laughs> but the threat of the belt, eh? it's the worst sound in the world. Yeah, or when you get a buckle by mistake. <laughs> oh, my God, the belt. Dr. Dre or Dr. Fauci? Dr. Dre for me. Yeah, same for me, Dr. Dre. You're not big Dr. Fauci people? Nah, Dr. Dre's a pioneer in his industry, man. <laughs> Top three spots in Westmount. For food? Anything. Food, coffee, chill. Oak shop. Oak shop and oak shop. <laughs> From poke, too. Uh, and poke. Don't forget Ono Poke. What are your favorite restaurants in the city? For me, it has to be Damas. You like those little lamb dumplings, eh? Yeah, so good. We just get like a good taste of a bunch of different dishes, family style. Really good. You're picking up or you're going in, in the restaurant? Usually more of a in-restaurant vibe. But during COVID, they're doing delivery, eh? Yeah, I haven't had it since before COVID, but we've been talking about it recently. Gonna have to hit it up soon. It's not a bad, uh, it's not a bad first spot to go to. I don't really go out to much restaurants, so for me, it's the same ones. Jukebox Burgers, Dirty Dogs, and uh, McDonald's. <laughs> <laughs> You'll see me more at McDonald's than any other restaurant. You're hungry That's tonight, it. eh? That's it. Man. <laughs> hey. Boys, both of you, top three sneakers of 2020. Um, the recent Jordan 1 Dior's that came out, the Ben & Jerry Dunks, and one shoe uh, that I really like is the Travis SBs. Wow, I dare you to choose more expensive shoes, eh? Well, it's the nicest ones. Andy, what about you, bro? Man, for me, I think it's going to be the Grateful Deads that recently came out. The colors of those are absolutely crazy. I'm a big fan of the Off-White Dunks. And then my like everyday shoes would be the Jordan 1 Obsidians. Top three sneakers of all time. For me, it's going to have to be the Jordan 4 Cause, the old gray ones. Then uh, Off-White MCA Air Force One, the old blues. And then kind of a sleeper will be the, the Adidas 4D printed Daniel Arsham collab, the like mint green ones. Mint green and what color? It's like, I don't know if you know how the 4D looks, but the, um, the sole is always like a green color and they made the upper the exact same. But it's collab with Daniel Arsham, so it comes in like a really cool box, gloves. Like it's it's really like made fancy, I guess. I like that. I like that. Frankie, what about you, bro? For me, all time would have to be College Dropout, Babes Does um, by Bailey Nape. Another one would have to be the Shatter Backboard Jordan 1, just an OG classic colorway, orange and black. And lastly, uh, the Jordan 4 Dornbeckers with the Superman logo on the tongue. I know one of the answers is going to be the Jordan Dior's, but what are the top five rarest sneakers in shop right now ready for someone to buy? Yeah, so for rarest, right now it's going to be the Dior's. Then we had a few Chicago Off-Whites. We just sold our last pair the other day. Then we got Strange Loves, Travis Dunks, Off-White UNC's. And, and we even have the Ben & Jerry's as well. What size? Those, I think we have an eight left. An eight? 
Oh, man. He got to catch us early when we got the size runs. But something hype like that, it flies right away. So you got to catch it early. First pair of kicks that you remember rocking as a youngster? For me, it was a pair of Jordan 3 Black Cats that I found in the Lost and Found at my gym at school. Nobody ever collected, and I ended up copying them right away. And I never, I never uh, stopped rocking them until they were beat to the ground. I'm one of the worst people to ask this question because I didn't really grow up around Jordans and Nikes. My family's European, so it's all about <laughs> not Jordans, not Nikes. Maybe some like Adidas Gazelles or something like that. That's probably what I was rocking. That blows my mind, man. But you know what? You're smart because you know, you know that people need it and then you just figured it out later in life. And honestly, it's the best decision ever. Man, if my family put me on that wave early, I would have been dripped out in, you know, black cats and all that stuff. But no, now I'm really happy to be part of the culture and we're driving it, I guess. Look, both your kids are definitely going to be dripped out in all the best stuff from today, 20 years from today. It's going to be good. So it's uh, it's fine. If you, if you didn't hit it, someone else in the family rotation is going to hit it. Talking about rotations, what do both of your weekly rotations look like today? So right now I'm playing around with the Jordan 4 metallic purple ones, the white and purple. Another one too is the Travis Air Force One Fossil, which has like some sort of a patchwork all along the shoe. Such a nice shoe. And then another shoe that I like to wear every day is just a basic pair of Air Max Ones because they're super, super comfortable. And then occasionally a pair of Yeezys here and there. We're lucky now that we have the store, so we're constantly uh, able to wear our sneakers. I'm wearing uh, Jordan 1 Obsidians quite often. Uh, I got a couple pairs of Off-White Dunks I like to wear. And then I recently picked up a Nike SB Soland that I've been looking for a couple of years. Recently picked that up, so I'm wearing that all week. Frankie just said Air Max 1, and it just triggered a memory from two hours ago. I just saw the new colors, the orange, kind of that University of Miami orange, and that emerald green. Can you guys get both those for me, size 11? Actually write it down. This is a legit grill uh, form being filled out over the podcast. I, I would like to have both of those as soon as possible. Can you do it for me? If you send over the skew and a picture, we'll get it to you within two weeks max. Can I send you a verbal skew over the podcast? Yes, sir. Actually, uh, I will come get them as soon as they're there. Size 11, both of them. Thank you very much. We'll trade them for some Marshall hats and cozies. Honestly, if you make that trade, it'll be the best trade of my life. I could throw a couple Jaws and maybe an RJ Barrett in there. You got to throw in a fresh pack of 24 eggs. I mean, you're really giving me easy things to do here. <laughs> you're not helping your cause. How long does it take you to make 24 eggs? Uh, less than a week. I am getting four eggs from the four birds a day. Are you looking at getting more chickens? No, no more chickens. Four is enough. I have all the pleasure of owning chickens and it's like a, a good amount that you know, it's always frisky and interesting. Getting four eggs a day, which is more or less what, what my family consumes, like uh, it's enough, you know. And it, it's not that hard to manage the whole operation. It's really doable. It's a pleasure. It's uh, actually shit. Uh, it's 1021 right now and I forgot to close the door. So the raccoons might be shaking the cage and the chickens are potentially exposed. Anyways, whatever. It's the first thing I'll do after the podcast. 
But yeah, after after COVID, we're gonna have to check that out. Just come right now, man. Because of COVID, we're outside. You're on Margell Farms property. Just come after work. We'll have a million Coronas and White Claws and Saki and whatever you want. And there's lots of space. We'll walk around. We'll you you could Frankie, you can put the birds to bed. Perfect. Sounds like a plan. Done deal. Just stop them in the coop. Just close the little fence, and then uh, that's it. They're going to bed. Finished. There's no more raccoons or what? No, they're there every day, man. They're there every day. Fucking raccoons are lurking. They're walking around. They're shaking the cage. They're trying to pick the locks. This is a real thing. Honestly, it's a blessing and it's rare if they don't come every night. They're, they're there every night, man. But there's no way they could eat the chickens, right? There's not no way. I, I mean, they, they could dig under. And then they're in, and then it's over, and then they're literally going to watch each other getting eaten. Like, it'd be the worst day of my entire life. Uh, I really don't want it to happen, but, I mean, they're smart, the raccoons, and, and, they, and they jostle the cage, and they know where the locks are, and they're, like, touching them, and who knows, man? Who knows? Uh, I mean... We trapped a couple, and and there's like the two really big ones, like the the mama and the papa. Like they're they're big, man. They're they're like a couple yards long. They're they're fat f- raccoons, man. These are the struggles of a Westmount farmer. I mean, it is. It is. We're on the mountain. We're on the mountain, and and uh, and all the wildlife is there. You know, like uh, there's even squirrels licking their lips, looking at the chickens. Like I want to eat their eyes out. It's, it's crazy, man. There was a cat, a neighbor's cat with a collar, ran up to the chickens, right up to the fence, and just staring at them. They had a staring contest. Like I don't understand what's going on. We caught a skunk. Skunks, I guess, like chickens too, even though they're blind as a bat. The whole thing is is mental, man. Every every night I wake up, I uh, look at the the nest camera and see what what wildlife came to eat the chickens that night. It's stupid. At least it keeps you entertained every morning. You have something to do. Yeah, it's the first thing I do, and and entertained is a good word. I'm very entertained every day, and and thank God for the chickens. And it's not making me want to stab myself in the ear eardrums from COVID, man. Yeah, hopefully we see the COVID clear up soon, and everything will get back to normal. It'll happen. I mean, personally, I'm not expecting it before end of year. I'm I'm not even opening my office till till 2021. If any of my employees are listening now. Good for them. They have the heads up, but it's it's not going to happen. There's no way. I, I don't want to be around people. I don't want people to be around people. Like I'm I'm freaking out, man. Like just chilling at home, taking it super super easy. I mean, Frankie knows. Frankie hand delivered three grills that I had during COVID right to my door, like the biggest beauty ever. And God bless you. And and that's why you guys are the best. And I love you so much. And I'm so happy that that we can chit chat today. I mean. It's a it's a very very professional high end operation oak shop. No, it's a pleasure to have us on the podcast too, man. We appreciate it and everything that you've uh, you've done so far. Let me ask you a couple more questions. I wrote them down. We have to get through it. How many pairs do you have in your personal collections right now? Uh, personal collections looking kind of weak, just because we're focusing so much on the store. I think I got like maybe seven pairs. Somewhere around that. So for myself, I had um, like two, let's say two, three years ago, I had over like 30, 40 pairs. 
slowly sold them and just kept the ones that I truly like. Um, I'm focusing more on quality over quantity. So I only buy the shoes that I really, really um, have been looking for. I can't comprehend that. I mean, if I own a sneaker store, A, I'm wearing every sneaker. That's for sure. But obviously, I mean, you're not like uh, stomping out the shoes that you're selling two seconds later. It doesn't make sense. I, I, I don't get how how both of you combined are under 100 pairs. Are, are you investing in pairs and you're just not considering it your your collection or so we both like we both have stock that we uh, we keep on the side. It's not for personal use. We just hold and hopefully it goes up as an investment. But at the same time, when you when you own a sneaker store and you see almost every single sneaker come through, um, and you get to see it like 20, 30 times a day, there's only very few sneakers that really pop pop out to you. You know what I mean? That actually speak to you. And then once you see that sneaker, you snatch it right away. But with, but because we have to see them every day, there's not many that are actually like grail stacks. So for you, it's enough just looking at the sneakers, holding them, having them, smelling them. You don't even need to buy them and wear them. You're just around them. So you're happy. Exactly, man. Because if you think about it, essentially every sneaker that we have in store technically belongs to our personal collection so at the end of the day we get to see these shoes every day and it doesn't change if i have it or if the store has it at the end of the day it's going to be right in front of our eyes that's so cool man i would be the worst sneaker shop owner ever literally the inventory would double it'd be half for me that i would wear and never sell and then half that i would sell it would just be such a waste of money you guys are so good for standing by that? Yeah, you'd have a store full of size 11s. If my son or a future child, God willing, is not size 11, I mean, there's a big problem. That's a lot of shoes to offload. How many shoes are you looking at in your collection right now? Honestly, pushing 500. Wow, that's crazy, man. And that's that's not exaggerating. There, there, There's like backup shoes in Home Depot boxes, in mud rooms, in storage, that's probably crazier than than things that many other people many years from now will have. What's your favorite sneakers out of your collection? The favorite single sneaker? Yeah, just like a few off the top of your head. Top three. One of them's not that crazy, but I just really, really like it a lot. It's the Air Max 90, the, the Lunars. It's such a cool shoe with the 3M and the super reflective flash, you know, when you're taking a picture, they're they're so cool. I really, really like them a lot. Other shoes, I, I think the second shoe, it's it's probably the the tan Nike Easy Ones. I just really like them a lot. Also the black and pink Easy Twos, th- those are sick, man. Like the lace tips, they're they're such a cool shoe when when you're going out and and you just want to look the freshest. That, that that to me, there, there's so many details. It's such a chill shoe. And then the third shoe, it's the, the Hyper Adapt. Um, gray and I guess like somewhat of a, of a blue or navy. I actually won those on uh, the sneakers app in, in, a, in a raffle. And you had to pick them up in one of two or three cities. I think it was Miami, Chicago, New York. And I was in Miami. It was the end of Passover. We were just going to go home. And I won the raffle and I had to pick them up the next day. 
after the Nike store opened, but our flight was also the next day in the morning. And, and I was hammered. I was on my balcony. I was drinking beers. I was freaking out. Like I won. I was calling my boys. Like it was a huge thing. And, and my entire family, my wife, my kids, my parents, like everyone was going home and they all woke up and I'm like, by the way, I can't go home. I have to pick up this shoe. Like the, the auto lacing hyper adapt, like you step in it, it's closing. It's the coolest sound with the LA gear lights. It's so sick. And, and I was like the first guy to have the first version of it. And I wanted on sneakers. So I actually extended my trip, slept in South beach, went to the, to the Nike store, like the morning after, after I dropped my parents and family off at the airport and like got these shoes. So that, that has to be in the top three. Cause it's the best story I have. That's the thing with sneakers. A lot of people have these crazy stories associated to their, their favorite sneakers, you know, getting them in like crazy ways, uh, just like a lot of history behind them. Choose one pair that you'd have to wear until the end of time. We're talking the rest of your life. One pair. Jordan one shattered backwards. <laughs> For breakfast with your Eggo waffles, eh? That's it, man. That's one pair I can't live without. Even though I don't have it in my collection right now, I still need one. You're going to need a lot of them for the rest of your life. Yeah, probably like five pairs. <laughs> Each pair is going for like two grand. <laughs> what about you, Andy? For me, it's going to have to be the Jordan 1 Obsidians. That's it. Both of you Jordan 1 boys. It goes with everything. So I actually take my answer back. One shoe that I can't live without is the Pata Chlorophyll Air Max 1s. Kind of like a white slash grayish feet green, a, gray, a green chlorophyll color. Very unique uh, shoe and impossible to find nowadays in good condition. There you go. I like that. I like that you had to double think that. Something that I'm super curious to ask you guys, what do you feel about StockX? You know, basically they're giving up the luxury of trying shoes on before someone buys them. They have a huge inventory I think it's a little bit too expensive, but it's there, especially with duty for Canadians. Like, how do you guys feel about it? Do you buy on StockX? Do you avoid it? Honestly, I think StockX is really helpful. It makes things a lot easier since it creates kind of a marketplace and uh, gives it like a suggested price for what the shoe should be going for. Um, we do buy... We rarely buy from StockX just because it is kind of expensive with the duties, but we do sell there sometimes. There's certain shoes that move really well there. But for a normal consumer, it's pretty tough, especially in, in Canada, because you do get um, the import tax. Shipping takes a really long time because it has to come from the seller to StockX, then to the buyer. And honestly, there's a lot of value in going into a store feeling the shoe, trying the shoe on, you know, seeing a big selection right in front of you. And, you know, that's why we really like the store that we have. You know, people are coming in for, for an experience, going through a bunch of shoes. You know, we have a combo about it. It's a whole different experience than what something like StockX or just a normal e-commerce website can do. But StockX is kind of just the, the main, what, what's it called? Guideline. Yeah, StockX is kind of just the main guideline for what a shoe should be going for. And that way you don't get like some absurd prices or prices that are way, like way too high, way too low. Before that, everyone was just kind of reselling based on what they thought the, the shoe was worth. So it was a whole different game five, ten years ago when StockX wasn't so dominant. Are you optimistic or pessimistic about brick and mortar sneaker shops? 
I'm I'm pessimistic about retail stores, but for sneakers, I think it's a different story because I, I think there's so much of an experience around sneakers and a brick and mortar sneaker store. I think stuff like StockX, like Flight Club, these major e-commerce players are going to continue to be really dominant, but something like a sneaker store still has massive value to it. I don't think that's ever going to really disappear. Both the e-commerce and brick and mortars, I think, are going to keep growing with these like exclusive items that we're selling, you know, whether it's shoes, cards, um, you know, whatever it is, people do want to come in and see them before, you know, spending a thousand bucks, two thousand, ten thousand dollars on on a website. You know, and there's a lot of issues that also arise with massive e-commerce websites, you know, like StockX, you know, a lot of different shoes come through, you know, sometimes even receive fakes. A lot of different problems can arise from uh, from a massive website like that as well. Flyknit or Hyperadapt? Choose one. Flyknit. Yeah, Flyknit for me too. You don't like the machine closing on your feet? I, I heard they're not too comfy. I personally haven't worn them, but I don't know. I think a fly, Flyknit is just super comfy, great all-around shoe. Have you sold any in the store? We sold a few Hyperadapts. I think like maybe two or three pairs. Um, for Flyknits, those, those just pretty much, they move here and there. Um, but we don't have many of those available in store. Who's your favorite NBA player? There's no one really off the top, but in terms of just like outside of the game and part of the game, just Michael Jordan, because he's an icon, represents our whole culture, uh, pretty much the whole sneaker culture. So I definitely choose Michael Jordan. Yeah, I think Michael Jordan's an obvious one. Like, obviously, uh, one of my favorites. I think Kyrie Irving is also pretty crazy. One of my favorite basketball players, for sure. All right, all right. No LeBrons, no LeBrons. Frankie got off easy, but, I mean, MJ makes sense. Good answer. Well, because the way I look at it is it's like, if you're talking pure skill, LeBron's definitely up there. But in terms of, like, impact on the culture the community the game and everything i think jordan definitely made basketball what it was today yeah and just since we're so sneaker dominant right now like michael michael jordan you know pushed this industry so far so you know have to give the respect to him i have two questions remaining one of them's a wild card question that i just came up with now and one of them is very important so first question regarding sports cards if i gave you my entire collection, would you guys just take care of it, flip it, sell it to whoever? Like, I will give you the rights to everything and do whatever you want. We'll figure out an agreement on the side. Yeah, we could definitely do that. Right now, we're looking at expanding more into cards. Slowly started getting into it, but we have a, we're even looking at a lot of different boxes right in front of us, like different China Selects, Blasters, all that. So we're definitely about to uh, go pretty hard on the cards. So be more than happy to take your cards, sell them for you, uh, showcase them, you know, whatever you want. We're going to talk about it. I'm interested. I mean, we're both local. Definitely two of the bigger lunatics. I mean, you have you said you had the China Select in front of your face right now and you and Frankie were, were debating if you should rip it or not. Yeah, I think we should. <laughs> yeah. I mean, come, come here. We'll finish the bottle of sake and we'll rip it together. I want to see that. Yeah, mid mid podcast, Frankie turns to me. Do we rip the China selects? I'm just like, nah, I'm good. I'm good. <laughs> nah, rip it, rip it. I'll jump in, and you never know. By the way, 
I, I mean, I'm, I'm looking at it every day. The, the craziest cards are like, things are happening. RJ Barrett, 300 bucks, prison base, PSA 10, 300 bucks from prison, man, base. I don't know what's going on. It's bananas, bananas. You could have bought stuff, two bucks, five bucks, 10 bucks, 30 bucks, whatever, hundred bucks, 200 bucks, 300 bucks right away. Literally, they didn't even start playing basketball yet. The entire industry is such a buzz right now. It's crazy, man. Well, man, everyone's chilling at home during COVID. You know, the basketball's picking up now. I think the card market is just going to blow up even further. And like even, I think it was the Prism retails, like those were going for pretty cheap. And now when I'm looking at, at buying some, the prices have gone up like a good 40 uh, 50%. Whatever you guys are going to do with sports cards, I'm going to jump in. I'm telling you right now, take all my cards, take pictures, sell them, buy them, do whatever. We're, we're going to have fun together. I'm, I'm really excited that you're going to start on, on this buzz right now. Yeah, this is going to be sick for sure. We'll definitely uh, talk on the side. I didn't figure out a game plan there. It's going to happen. Last question. I think it's probably the most important question for any young listener, for any entrepreneur, for any hustler who's listening right now, the biggest advice that you would give to them to get involved in the sneaker game, to get started, buy a pair, flip a pair, spit some knowledge for the listeners. How do people make money in sneakers? Well, honestly, the biggest advice is just to get into it. There's so many different ways you can enter it. The entry level is so low, so many different ways, you know, from going to your local footlocker, buying random shit was you know flipping them on stock x even you know buying some jordan ones for example holding them for you know five six months getting a return on that if you're trying to become a reseller there's tons of ways to do it and then you know ask a bunch of questions to whoever is around you know there's tons of people reselling sneakers tons of people doing other types of business ask a lot of questions and you know learn from that apply to whatever you're doing whether it's sneakers or any other type of passion you have but there's there's a lot of lot of good business that can come out of sneakers, and you just have to get into it. What about Uncle Frankie? So the one thing, and it's very simple, that I recommend to anyone who wants to be so, is focus on networking and getting yourself out there, making a reputation in the local scene, whether it's through Facebook groups, through uh, your local consignment shop. It's just, just simply getting your name out there, and uh, don't be afraid to give give to people. Because in exchange, you'll get favors. And in the long run, they'll owe you. And uh, that's that's what I could suggest. You guys are the best. Our relationship is just budding. We're just getting into it. A lot of Margell Farms eggs and headwear and koozies are on the way. I promise. I promise. I'm so happy, honestly, that you chose the location that I happen to live near and, and work near. And it's the one thing that I love the most in the world just the sneakers and the hype. And you guys are the ultimate, ultimate beauties. I love talking to you. I love seeing you. I love spending time together. You're the best. I'm so happy that we did this. It's it's really, we're talking the beginning of, of a very long friendship together and, and relationship. And, and thank you guys so much for all the things that you've done for me, all the pairs that you scooped up, hand-delivered, 
little conversations, the little escape in the middle of the work day, just coming to say what's up, seeing what's going on. You guys are the best. Thank you so much for doing this. I really appreciate you guys. Yeah, man, we really appreciate you having us. And, you know, our, our friendship's just starting now and it's really turning into something nice. And for anyone listening, you know, come through the store and uh, see what we're about, see the vibe. Yeah, thanks so much for having us. Jonathan, it was a pleasure. Thank you again, my man. I was thinking the whole time, should I ask this, should I not ask this? Any special promotion that you can do for someone that's listening that comes to the store and and mentions the Behind the Founder podcast? Anything at all. Honestly, you could even say that they get a koozie. I have at least 125 left to give, so I can give you... 50 no problem to hand out so for all behind the founder radio podcast listeners we'll offer a five percent discount including a jonathan margell farms koozie and an oak shop t-shirt including keychains and whatnot that's not bad i'll take that i'm dropping off by the way you're getting 25 koozies tomorrow and then when you get close to to those getting cleaned out i'll give you another hundred no problem sounds good and the Oak Shop t-shirt with the keychain? Yes, sir. Andy's okay with that? I don't yeah. know about that, but we'll talk about it later. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Andy, Andy doesn't know. No, we'll throw out some uh, some Oak Shop t-shirts. Can I ask something crazy? What's up? What about one free credit in the claw-dropping sneaker machine? Yeah, 100%. We can do that, no problem. Just mention uh, behind the founder when you come in, and we'll set everyone up. And how much does that cost usually? Five bucks. So a free drop? Yes, you're getting a sick bundle deal here. 5% off purchase, koozie, t-shirt, free play, and keychains. Yo, I'll take that in my sleep tonight. Thank you guys. I like that. I I hope someone does that. I really do. It'll just be hilarious if it happens. Don't worry, we're going out for sushi right next door to park. I'll make it up, I promise. And and I'm sorry in advance. Boys, thank you again. What a pleasure. What an honor to be continued. Let's have a little quick talk to talk about tonight. Finish off those Coronas and Saki together. I love you, boys. Thank you for everything. Take care, man. Thanks a lot, man. Who wants to go to an after hours with me? Because that's what this beat is reminding me of right now. But for now, it doesn't even matter because you wrapped up episode 14 of Behind the Founder podcast featuring my guys Andy and Frankie from Oak Shop in Westmount, Montreal, Province, Quebec, Lola, Tabarnak. What a fun episode. I love my shoes. So much fun. An hour plus talking about sneakers. What a pleasure. Right now, it is super important that if you are hearing my voice in your eardrums, go to Instagram at Behind the Founder POD. Click follow. Make sure that you're following the podcast on SoundCloud or Spotify, or Apple Podcasts, or Google Podcasts, or any podcast. It doesn't matter. I'll be there. Just let me know. I wanted to do something crazy this week. Odds are, if you're following the podcast, that you know that I have four chickens in my backyard. 
four chickens equals four eggs per day equals 28 eggs on average per week. The first five people to reach out to me and say eggs on social media, on my phone, in life, it doesn't matter. Half a dozen eggs from my family to your family. This is not a joke. Literally write me a message. Six Margell Farms fresh eggs right into the palm of your hand. Delicious, buttery, milky eggs. You've never tasted eggs like a Margell Farms egg. I dare you to say hi to me and come and fetch your eggs. Nothing would make me happier. Also, since we're going crazy, I just made 12 Margell Farms hats, sick white Nike golf hats with a little pro stitch in the middle. Hit me up, next five people get a hat, short print. Until that moment, thank you for listening. This was such a personal episode for me to finally have a little bit of free time. Talk about the hobby that I love the most in the world, sneakers. Thanks for rocking with us and to be continued.